What are we gonna talk about? We will never know. Price and tax history unavailable. What are you, where are you, are you looking on Zillow? Yeah. Oh well, there's your first problem cover. You should be looking at the dock. That's right. Just kidding. We that did. definitely exists. I didn't make a dock. Okay. He did not make a dock. So, I just really. Ooh. Historically, I'm pretty good at like catching when you are about to record. Yeah. You got me. You got me that time. Yes. I thought you would wait until I got off of Zillow. No, of course not. We're Why doing. Would I do that. We're doing <laughs> investigative journalism. <laughs> Yeah, you know what's funny is that we actually did sort of do this with uh, Yurimov Sissian when he was leaving. Like oh, we were true. keeping an eye on his uh, house becoming listed, and it did. Oh, we tracked that with uh, Petkey too. Yeah, Petkey was another one. Yeah, oh. uh, and I, um, I'm I want to set up an alert for a certain someone's address. Hanson. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Yes, I'm all ninety of his properties. Uh, really hard I mean, having to sell ourselves. So. Yeah, I I feel like I don't know. Deloitte also has like he's better at obfuscating who actually owns some of the stuff that he owns. That's like, true. Well, <sighs> welcome to episode uh, fifty-three. 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 <laughs> of the the podcast. My name's Colin. Psych. It's not Colin. It's Kyle. I'm back. Yeah. Uh, I was never gone. Kyle, you didn't listen to the last episode, did you? I did. Oh, and I, no. uh, I, uh, there was. Trevor, you're going to have to excuse yourself after you're. That's right. After you called Colin the cutest boy. I was going to say, I was like, there was some discussion oh, okay. on the cute boy. <laughs> there was definitely some pressure. And I'm for sure not going to tell the person that I'm looking at that they're no, not I get the it. cutest boy. That's so. why. And, and first, you have to respect your elders. And Colin is much, <laughs> much older than me. <laughs> He's considerably older than me. So I get it. He's and much I, closer I, to the rest of us on the podcast. He's... He's much the rest he, of it. He's he, not much closer to me. He's wow. he needs the <laughs> ego boost, so it's fine. I I wasn't even offended, so it's Kyle, cool. I just wanted to let you know that I I think you are actually the cutest boy. Wow, that's really nice. You you didn't need to say that. I do also know that my mom did listen to the episode without me, so she actually is a true blood listener. Yeah, she invited just, us over for dinner once, right? That's oh yeah, and that's, that's still on the table. Okay, so. She's going out of town this coming weekend, but that that'll happen this summer for sure. Okay. Because I look forward the, to uh, um, yeah, that'll happen for sure. We'll figure out a day, but uh, yeah. So I I did listen, and it was a good episode. It was oh. I was really looking forward to listening as well because I met a surprise catch. that we did a good episode. <laughs> well, yeah. well the, the social hour was far too short because I normally, like Matt said, take up 15 <laughs> minutes, but I was looking forward to listening, especially because I, um, as mentioned, tuned into the Seattle game, literally like right as the ball was being passed to Rubio Rubin as he earned the penalty. And I was like, Whoa, that was, that was weird. And then I watched the re- remainder of the game. So, um, yeah, so I was wondering what else happened that game, and I wasn't quite sure. So I didn't, I didn't get my uh, normal viewing experience. So I got it from you guys. So it was great. Hmm. So, but I'm glad to be back. Well, we're glad to have you back. And uh, thank you. 
Colin will, will replace one of the rest of us someday and for an episode, I'm sure. He's good. I love Colin. He's a, he's a good person to have on, on the pod and in our lives. He, he <laughs> so. notably refused to look at my rash, but, um, you know, <laughs> not Some that kind doctor, of doctor. Yeah, right? I don't yeah. actually buy that. Like, I'm sorry, if you have a, like a PhD or an MD or like a DPhil at the end of your name, like you get to look at my rash. That's right. You got to look at maybe, rashes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Maybe you can send an email to... Dr. Jill Biden, maybe she'll uh, take a look for you. It's actually, I think, one of the core tenets of Marxism. I think so. Yeah. Because of socialism, right. she must comply. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's like slavery for doctors, I think, is what I was told. So, Yeah, yeah they have to do it. <laughs> the creed or whatever they have to sign. What's what's the thing? No the, harm. The Hippocratic, Hippocratic oath. oath. Yeah, that which is famously no harm, no foul. I believe is the Hippocratic. The Hippocratic. <laughs> you know that's Hi- Hippocratic oath. You know that's uh that's pretty close, Kyle. Okay. I'm, I'm gonna take that. Uh, let's Sweet. let's do a social hour. Um, Kyle, why don't you lead us off? Having most recently been in the great right. state of Los Angeles. I was in the greater state of Los Angeles and um, I, for some reason, was just expecting Trevor, your whole thing about how like you just assume LA is like super hot all the time or whatever. Yeah. Um, I was like, think I like got into that mindset and I have that same, I, I, I realized that I have that same mindset as well. It was so pleasant. <laughs> like it was <laughs> like the high when I was in like LA, LA, it was like, the high was 75 and I was just like, it wow. was just dreamy. I it was wearing all like the a, heat north with the giant fans, right? That's right. Yeah. Um, and I did see those giant fans. It's funny. Like part of the Green New Deal actually was setting up gigantic windmills around the greater Los Angeles area to blow the hot air northward. So <laughs> apologies to uh, Oregon specifically, but all the way up to British Columbia, who famously have a town in British Columbia today. I read that they hit a record of 121 degrees Fahrenheit, which is four degrees hotter than it has ever been in Las Vegas. And it, they set the record for hottest day in Can- Canada at this in this town um, three days consecutively. So it was like uh, like 113, 117, and then 121 in three days in a row. And uh, what town was it? The um, one of those like Wasatch weather accounts tweeted it out. All the all the weather folks are all friends with each other, I guess. But mm. um, <laughs> Lytton, uh, British Columbia. Yeah, the Wasatch <laughs> snow forecast guy. They call it um, deep weather, actually. Isn't that, yeah, deep weather, It's which is just insane. So it was very pleasant. The weather was great. I spent a good amount of time in uh, Los Angeles with a friend that I was visiting there. I had incredible food and it was mind-blowingly good in, in some points, which was great. I don't think I can ever have ceviche ever again because I think I had the best ceviche I can ever have that's ever been made. Then I... Um, Spent some time. I went and visited a different friend. In he lives in Laguna, and we spent a lot of time there in Dana Point and San Clemente, and had a just a delightful beach week, week and weekend. And I met a bunch of people, a lot of my friends, friends, and uh, yeah, it was it was a great time. I caught. P- uh, pieces of the other RSL game that happened too, and then did a full rewatch in the airport. Huh. And uh, you know, there I've, I've thoughts about that, but 
I, uh, it turns out I like California quite a bit. It's a, it's, it's a good place. And so what did you guys do when I was, when I was gone? Uh, let's, who should we go? Let's go to Trevor next. Trevor. Um, I'm going to steal Matt's, uh, gardening option. Oh, nice. <laughs> no, so I, like this much gardening. So that was a very small space between <laughs> so very small. I bought That's one right. of those like, uh, oh, actually I've got the box right here. One of those like guaranteed the, the to grow tomato plants. Box. I'm showing you guys. It's a box oh. of like guaranteed to oh. grow tomato plants. Comes nice. with like everything you need and you're supposed to just like water it twice a week and then you're supposed to have tomato plants in like a <laughs> month or whatever. That's cool. It's uh, it's not working out. Uh, <laughs> 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 and I think it's because I have... Excuse me. I think it's because I have the like jar that it comes in in like a bad spot in the yard, so we moved mm. it over to another spot in the yard, and uh, that's my gardening update. Cool, nice. That <laughs> is good. If you decide you want to grow herbs, let me know, and I'll give you some trimmings. And I've got like coffee and like mint and Thai basil and basil. I think I want to grow cilantro, and I think I want oh, to grow call. onions. Yeah. Are onions hard to grow? I have no idea. You just put them in the ground. They're, I'm pretty, they're yeah, I'm pretty plants. sure most vegetables that like grow underground are like you plant them and then they grow. Nice. Most okay. places. They're you supposed to be very them, easy. But you know. Well, yeah. But what I understand, they're pretty pretty easy to grow pretty much everywhere. Speaking of growing vegetables in the ground, Kyle, I watched yeah. a movie um, nice. the other day. I love movies. And it was... Um, unexpectedly really good what movie it was called black 47 black, black like apostrophe 47 um to tie into vegetables is it takes place in ireland during the potato famine mm. oh um it's about a soldier that goes in an irish guy that goes to serve for the english army oh, and their Barry fights Keegan's in, in, it? Oh, in uh, yeah, afghanistan yeah. and stuff where they're like trying oh, to colonize okay. people yeah um, yeah but anyway, he comes back and then finds out that everybody's dead from the famine or dying. And he gets really mad at the English and he gets mad at like the landowners that are like trying to kick people off the land and like evicting everybody, which is also leading to everybody dying in the middle of the famine. Okay. And he kind of goes uh, um, like super soldier on all these people. This um, is something that's got L around in it. It's got a couple people in it. Is that Oh yeah, um, yeah. Wow, I I really like um, Barry Keegan. He's like, if you, I mean, you obviously know him because you watched the movie, but you probably don't know his name. He's in a lot of like good dark stuff that I really like. But and he's like, he's pretty young. I think is he like my age? He's exactly my age. He's literally nine days younger than me. I was gonna Barry say Keegan. Is he the white haired guy? No, he's like. Who does well, he actually, play in this movie? Let's see. Let's he plays like cast. a young British something that like as Hobson. Oh, you would love. Okay, if you watch the movie, you're gonna love Hobson. Cool. Yeah, Barry Keegan's awesome. He's in. He's just got like a very unique look about him, and he's in good movies. So, um, yeah, cool. All right. Well, that's a good shout. I'm gonna I'm gonna check that out. Matt, what's uh what's up with you? What's been going on? I was gonna say gardening, but um then someone <laughs> Trevor stole my thunder. Um but <laughs> I will say I am still gardening. I don't have anything to report from whenever we last recorded. Was that Wednesday? 
Uh, yeah, Friday, uh, yeah. Monday. But I don't know what day today Earlier is. Earlier this What day is it now? Holy Tuesday. cow, it's Tuesday. I think we recorded Thursday. I don't know. Yeah. Whenever we uh, anyway, did that podcast thing. Four to seven days ago. So I harvested a few more things, but nothing like super significant. Um, the tomatoes are coming on pretty well, though. So, so before long, we can have uh, we can make caprese salads over my house. Like, oh yes. Oh, I didn't grow any mozzarella though. I put some in the ground. It didn't seem to <laughs> take. Um, other than that, like I made sushi for dinner, um, which was fun. Like I'm not a big raw fish person, so I did. Some like cooked chicken, uh, and uh, like but, veggie but like rolls in, in like sticky rice and yeah. seaweed wrap or whatever. Nice, yeah. So that was that was fun. It's always a lot of a lot of fun, and it's always easier than I like have imagined itself it to be. Yeah, um, it helps to have a good rice cooker. I think everyone should like get a government subsidy to buy a really nice rice cooker. Um, it's like an it's an essential. I, mm-hmm. there is a, uh, I think in Italy, I think was my mom telling me this. I think everyone that has celiac disease gets like a, like 150 or 200 bucks a month from the Italian government oh, or something. That yeah. That's I was like, we should just do that for rice cookers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 200 bucks, yeah. like save for two months. You've got like top end Zojirushi, like you yeah. are golden. Yeah, that sounds that sounds great. I I've never made homemade homemade sushi actually, but um, I mean at that restaurant I went to, I had it was Mexican, but there was a good amount of raw fish that I was eating, and oh, I nice. I big big fan when when it's like really really fresh. Obviously, like yeah, um, I've tried grocery store sushi before that I did not did not find <laughs> pleasing, but uh, um, so if you if you do want some like sushi grade raw fish. In Salt Lake, uh, Aquarius next to Caputo's downtown uh, oh. has really good stuff. Um, everything we've got there has been fantastic. So okay, that's comes good to know. The off the crossbar seal of approval, and I did a little uh, stamp there with my hand, so you can imagine that, dear listener. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, I'm trying to think if I have anything else. Oh, I do. Um, so it took me way too long to actually get around to this, but. We've been watching Twin Peaks, oh. and it's like the best TV show of all time. So, dude, I'm so glad you like Twin Peaks. Yeah, I love Twin Peaks. So good. Um, <laughs> like I already knew I like David Lynch. Um, yeah, I like his his style. Generally speaking, mm-hmm. um, I can I can do surreal. Like fits well with me. And obviously, this is not as surreal as like some of his films, right? Yeah, but it's been no, it's awesome. So huh? good. So yeah. we're only like five episodes in, but oh yeah, six. Maybe? Yeah, it get it gets like weird in some of the other seasons, but like um, I can do weird. Yeah, I, I love it. Well, extreme. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, all in. Yeah, hey, I, that's awesome. I love <laughs> David Lynch. What a what a guy. Did either of you guys watch any of the Euros games? The uh, round of sixteen. I tuned into the penalty kicks at the end of what? Oh, geez, what game was it? Yesterday, at the end of the yeah, day, so, the second game that was like the craziest the, game in the world. Yeah, the two the two amazing games yesterday were yeah. uh, Croatia, Spain, and then France and Switzerland. So, that. but Croatia, both games followed the exact same like storyline essentially. So. 
the underdog scored first in each game. Croatia scored because of like an insane own goal that Spain did. The best goal of all time. Yeah. And then Spain responded by scoring three goals straight. So putting them up three one and then uh, Croatia scored two in the last like 10 minutes or something to force extra time in which they got scored on two more times and then Spain won 5-3 and that was probably very well deserved because Spain figured their whole thing out but um, the second game again following that same thing Switzerland scored early and then Switzerland also had a penalty that was saved by Hugo Lloris and then France scored three goals two of which came like Benzema scored two goals in like 90 seconds and then Pogba scored like just an insane shot from like like 23 yards away or something just to the top corner. And it looked and then he did like 19 different celebrations because he's just like a meme lord, I guess. Pogba, <laughs> he did like seriously like eight different dances. It was really weird. Um, all just in the middle of the field. <laughs> it wasn't like on the sideline. It was really funny. Um, and then, of course, uh it was and then Switzerland scored two to send it to extra time and then no one scored in extra time and then it went to penalties and then Kylian Mbappe had a chance in extra time to win the game and he missed it and then he kind of faked an injury which I would have done too because he really shouldn't have missed that so if you ever if you if you're like move there if you're like probably the third best player in the in the world and you miss like a what is a an essentially a, a layup you got to fake an injury like you're just you just have to so he does that and then misses the penalty to lose to switzerland which is just really sad um but i mean he's also like i don't know how old's how old's killing mbappe he's like 25 tops i'm sure he's younger than that he's 22 younger than you kyle yeah. Yeah, because he, okay. yeah, because yeah, he won he won the World Cup when he was nineteen. So it's like, I mean, clearly he's not like a choke artist, because but it, that he just had a bad game, so that was a bummer. But yeah, so that was that was that was pretty nuts. And then today's games were not as good. England did beat Germany. Uh, it is in fact coming home. And then Ukraine scored like a one hundred and twentieth minute game winner against Sweden, which was crazy. Yeah. They also Sweden got a red card. Did you guys see the debate about the red card? Yeah, I don't know why there was debate. Uh, I saw, okay, so I didn't even see the play. I saw the, the picture screen cap of it. The screen cap's all you need. Honest, yeah. Honestly, I hate it when people like post pictures and they're like, "See, this is obviously a red yeah. card, or not a red card, or whatever." But. Did you watch the video? <laughs> no, but this was they the one played where the video. Like, it doesn't way too many what times happens before. Yeah. That, yeah. If that's the end result. Like, yeah, it's a red card. You got to do yeah. a lot of work to convince somebody that it's not a red card. And yeah, there's, there's no like way. people who have, who have genuinely convinced themselves that like, as long as you win the ball and it's on the ball, then like you can't be guilty of a foul. <laughs> well, I guess like, tell me this. Cause what Gary Lineker was saying was that uh, he uh was it the sweden player that got the red or was it the ukraine player it was a sweden player that got the red okay so the sweden player apparently was coming in and was clearing a ball like just trying to clear it out and it was his follow-through of him clearing it out that went into <laughs> the guy is that right is that what happened i mean yes it it, it is but it's it's still it, it wasn't it 
it's the same as a tackle, except the Ukraine player just didn't have possession with the ball, right? So it was essentially like a 50-50 ball. It like that that could have I mean, he he made that slide because the Ukraine player was going to be able to make a play on the ball if he didn't. So like it yeah. was like so yeah. I get I get where the people are coming from that are like, you can't call this red because this is a soccer play and like that sometimes happens like i get where you're coming from but this has been the debate for the last 10 years and you've lost it every time for the last 10 years you can't go studs up into a guy's knee and turn around and be like oh well you know i didn't mean to it wasn't my intention like that's that's the way that the rule is and if you're opposed to that i'm sorry you haven't enjoyed soccer for the last 10 years because that's how it's been called like and if you do that it's a red like regardless of whatever circumstance is going on if you put your studs into a guy's knee you're gonna get sent off yeah and yeah um it was a good yeah like i mean the ukraine player is probably pretty injured to be honest like uh he did have to get subbed off like it wasn't like he he kept going like he got yeah. subbed out of the game and it, he, like if his leg were more planted I, I mean it was pretty planted so he's like it looked like he it could have just completely broke his leg like it was like a Nigel Deong tackle like on Stu Holden type of look for a minute there and I was it was not good the ref like had he, he it looked like he was gonna give it in real time and he took a look at the monitor to be sure and he looked at it for like three seconds and was like yeah okay yeah so anyway that debate was really interesting and by interesting i mean like uh Old. it was pretty uh, yeah i mean you just can't do that it's the same <laughs> guys trying to make the same point and trying to play the game as if it's played 20 years ago instead of today like yeah if you're trying to apply those rules to today's game like you're gonna lose the argument every time right. and you're just gonna get mad yeah well, anyway, yeah 20 years ago was the year 2000 yeah like oh. Matt, 2001 can you stop doing that yeah, 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 yeah. we had anyway. a kid uh speaking of the last week at mls we had a kid that was born i think he was the first player born in 2004 to score oh. in an mls game is that the kid who scored the bike for the union yeah, that kid it was the year i graduated oh, that was cool. from high school <laughs> yeah, scored his first MLS goal with a pretty nice little uh little overhead kick. It was goal pretty of the year type stuff. Good for him. It wasn't as good as Ruby Ruby Beans, but it was it was a good it was a yeah, pretty good. Was, if you're gonna give it to an overhead kick right now, the uh front runner is Ruby Ruby Bean, but yeah. yeah. Um All right, well speaking of Ruby Ruby Bean, should we talk RSL versus the team we just played? Houston. Houston. Uh, it was Houston. Matt had to look it up real quick, but I, yeah, I did. prepared. I yeah. Houston at, at home. Yeah. Oh, at home, boy. which is important. Yeah, That's going to come up. At home. Yeah. A few times. <laughs> yeah. And I, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Anyway. Result is pretty clear. 1-1. One, one. We all yeah. know that by now. So uh, the lineup was interesting. We saw a little bit of rotation. Uh, yeah. We saw Michael Chang in the starting lineup instead of both Anderson Julio and Justin Miram. Mm-hmm. We saw Donnie Toya back in the starting lineup. We saw Eric Holt instead of Marcelo Silva. And we saw Beasler in for Everton. Right? Yeah. I think that's right. That's correct. And which we which is again we were playing our standard formation we did not switch anything up other than just the people we had in the game i think i mean i think we played a little bit well we'll get into it but um (laughs) 
Yeah. Uh, mm. I was interested. I mean, I was pleasantly surprised by Michael Chang that game, to be yeah. honest. Um, I thought he was good. I don't know how I, f- our defense that game, I mean, the goal we gave up. Anyway, okay. Matt, take us, take us through the game. All right. So the first <laughs> half comes and goes. Um, no, it doesn't. And we have like 15 <laughs> shots or something in the first half. I'm, yeah. not, I'm pulling up the numbers. Don't worry. Um, just <laughs> There's a very that important over. thing that happened in the first half that we've just like skipped over real quick. Oh, we did a goal. So we did yeah. a goal. And how, what was the method method of the, the goal? So uh, we had taken the ball toward the end line. And for some reason, I forget the exact play, won a corner kick, which uh, normally fills me with a sense of malaise or even dread. Um, but this game, this, uh, sorry, I'm looking at the time of the goal. In this 10th minute, I was feeling uh, pretty upbeat. And that's because our primary corner taker, Albert Rusnak, um, was actually like, doing some pretty good stuff from the corner. Um, notably yeah. before that, like he'd found Toya coming in on a corner, like the third minute. Um, his corners were well-placed, well-considered and like way better than they'd been all year. Um, yes. Great. Uh, I'm love to see it. I'm sad for Albert that it took him uh, a, like a career defining snub uh, to get there. Um, but he's, yeah. he's starting to, to get there. Um, so, so we get that corner. It's kind of low toward the near post. Um, comes to Justin Glad, who kind of flicks it in with his left foot yeah. toward the far post. Uh, really, like, lovely goal, actually. Mm-hmm. One of the best goals I've seen from the corner in a long time. Except, you know, those overhead kicks or whatever, but what, mm-hmm. you can't count those. They're from a different planet. Um, so yeah, that's that kind of marks the first half. We hit the the post uh, through Demir Krylik in that first half. Like we are actively producing. We had twelve shots to Houston's two. And actually, if you will, I'll let me move this up through the sixty sixth minute, uh, which we'll we'll get to why momentarily. But um, to that point, we've taken sixteen shots to Houston's four. Uh, our passing is good. We're dribbling well. Um, we've taken eleven corners, um, and then which is which is a lot. Then we made our first sub, um, and we from from that time forward, the sixty seventh minute forward, uh, we took five shots. Um, Wait, who was our first sub? Oh, our first sub was so we we removed Ruby Rubin and Michael Chang. Um, and that filled me with some unease. Uh, because Is at this point, we were still only up 1-0. Yeah, exactly. And nope. we've been knocking. Oh, you're right. Matt, wait, we Matt's, scored on Matt's kind of skipped oh. some stuff. Matt's trying to make a point about how the subs 50, killed the game. They did. But he, they did. 50 seconds. He skipped something that happened. <laughs> it is the worst goal. Kyle, you, you wanted to talk about this goal, right? Yeah, so... Houston has the ball at the top of the box. We have like six guys in the box. Uh, Pablo, wait, it was Pablo Ruiz was very casual and coming back to mark this man. But to his defense, we had like literally half our team in the box. Yeah, and he's trying to like grab the player and pull him down. But he he's a we small should, guy. 
we should make a point that Pablo was not lackadaisical. He's the reason that we were able to get six people back because he fouled the guy. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah, fouled yeah two yeah. different players all the way up the field. He was trying very hard to either yeah. slow it down or get a foul. Yeah. So yeah, like yeah. He, it, he did his job. Once the ball got down there, you could make an argument that he didn't. But getting no, down there, yeah. we were able to get our defense back because he slowed Agreed. it down so much. Yeah, and our we literally had everyone back. Like it was, it it really, and then he just waltzed into the top of the box and then just shot it wide open and scored. Oh man! <laughs> On the far post, I believe. Yeah. So and then we made the sub later. Yeah. So we we take out. Rubin and Chang. Chang, I think, had a, an excellent game. Chang um, was yes. man of the match. I was. It was either him Albert. or Rusnak for me. Yeah. I think Rusnak was, to be honest. I Albert Rusnak had a really good game. Only by virtue of being being the corner guy. And yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Playing for ninety <laughs> minutes instead of sixty six. That's fair. Like, I, that's I, how close I, it is for I, me. Albert did just look. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. That's fair. Uh, Chang looked great, and I was. I was the most. I don't know about the most worried. Well, yeah. I was. I was kind of disappointed not to see Miram. Sure. But I was yeah. like, oh, that's kind of a weird thing to play Chang to start Chang. But um no, I, he was he was fantastic. So we we had Bobby Wood, we had Anderson Julio. Of course, we're all excited to see Bobby Wood. And I think in the context of the match and like the two matches that preceded it, it did make sense to give Rubin a, a little bit of a rest. Like you yeah. don't want to you don't want to injure him at this point in the season. And he played. Did he play all ninety in Seattle? Yeah, no, he, he did. came in on the sixty or wait, Rubio. Rubin, yeah. Oh, sorry, yeah. I thought we were still on Bobby Wood. No, no. Rubin played all ninety on Wednesday. So I yeah, think so, so. We make the rest. the subs and uh, the game just sort of falls apart at that point. Um, and it, it was, I don't know, Trevor. What did you, we were up in the press box together uh, moaning? about it uh, <laughs> not literally sorry. moaning um, <laughs> kyle get your mind mind out of the sorry. okay sorry 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 that was funny uh trevor why don't you walk us through 67 to 90 plus the well, best okay. part of the match to talk about no it's not the best part so anderson came on bobby came on and throughout the rest of the game yeah, we'll just get the rest of the subs out of the way. Let me look at the right thing here. So from the 66 minute, when those first two subs came in, it was a noticeable change in our effectiveness offensively. Right. I don't know that we necessarily like play different or no, I guess we did. Cause we tended to be playing a lot more to the wings and putting crosses in. Um, once Bobby Wood came on and Anderson Julio came on, it turned into a lot more of balls over the top or balls directly into Bobby Wood much closer to like a route one type version of soccer. Just get the ball into the guy and try to get him to shoot. And it just was not effective at all. I know Matt has the stats in front of him about how many shots we had and how many were on goal and, and all that. And, but it wasn't good. Um, five, we did five get shots, one on target compared to, uh, well, let me do some quick math, More. 16 shots and eight on target for the first two thirds of the game. Yes. Yeah. So not as good. Um, and then about the 83rd minute, we made two more substitutions. We took off Justin or Justin. We took off Nick Beasler and Aaron Herrera and put on Justin Miram and Andrew Brody, which would make sense if you're trying to go for the win. Um, but it just didn't, again, it's the 83rd minute. You didn't really give them enough time. 
they didn't weren't really able to make an impression on the game. Justin, I think, had a couple of nice touches in good positions. Um, but the other two subs, Bobby and Anderson, uh, just honestly, I didn't think were very good at all. Didn't do anything of note. Didn't do anything. Didn't contribute positively on the offensive or defensive side of the ball. Yeah, which leaves yet another game with like out any Anderson Julio uh, contribution, really. Um which is unfortunate. But then again, to be fair, like Ruby Rubin hasn't scored for a few games now, hasn't assisted for quite a few games now. So, <laughs> but we're, we're still, we generated offense this game. Um, that's what was, that's kind of what was frustrating is like, there were so many chances in the first half that should have been put away. Um, and I did look at it after the Seattle game and I tweeted this and I'm going to get the numbers a little bit wrong, but, after the Seattle game, we had scored throughout the season 13 goals. And we had an XG of, I think it was like eight point something. So we're scoring way more goals than than we were expected. We're outperforming that. Um, this game kind of brought that back to a little, a little bit closer to even. The XG was about 2.9 for RSL and we scored one goal. So like 2.9 is, that's good. That's good offensive production, but only scoring one right. goal is tragic. But it does show like the overall trend on the season is we're we're getting back to about even on that. We're not there yet. We're still outperforming our XG, but yeah. In this game it was should have been better. Should have scored more goals. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I don't know what our problem is right now, to be honest. Yeah, I, I'm just like not really sure what the deal is. I mean, I, I, by all accounts, we should have. There's, we should not be drawing that game, yeah. especially with the chances we created. No, we shouldn't be drawing that game. And, but I mean, that's kind of the story of the season is we shouldn't be drawing a lot of games. Yeah. And so we've drawn one, one so of the big many. talking points, uh, and I think it was you that started this, Kyle, over on the the tweets. Yeah. Um, why don't you walk us through kind of your thought process about like if this roster is good enough and all that. Yeah. So I said, Trevor was arguing I, with you and I want to, I want to see it on the pod. Yeah, let's oh, go. That's right. Okay. So I said, um, this team has too much talent to be drawing against Houston at home. And speaking specifically about that, like, because, especially because, like if we had received a single point out of that Seattle match, I would have been thrilled. Oh yeah. Um, and I thought that we did a decent job. I mean, <laughs> it required some heroics, but I thought like I was pleasantly surprised with how we played in that game. And the reason why I say that I think we have enough that we have plenty of talent or enough talent to be bossing, Houston at home is because we've seen really great things from this roster just this season. And of course, in how we all feel, we've seen great things from certain players on this team in seasons past as well. I think Albert is one. But again, to Albert's defense, he played, I thought, this match really well. Um, so like just judging by judging this team based on what we've seen this season and we like moments of uh you know um individual skill individual brilliance uh ability 
to get into dangerous positions. Like, and the fact that we had as many chances as we did in this first half, like, I think that we should have the talent to be burying these, these chances and punishing teams. And like, I feel like we've had quite the problem this year so far with sometimes it's creating chances, chances, but then we don't capitalize on a lot of chances that I feel like we, we certainly should. And I don't, I like, and I don't think this team is bad. I don't think, I think it's clear that we're not on the level of the Seattle or the, I don't know who else is Seattle's the best team in the league. So, um, new England's pretty, pretty well. New England's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't think we're on their level, but like we should be winning games like this at home. Like this is not a game that we should be dropping points yet again at home to like, and I know, you know, we have a bunch of unproven guys or guys that, are kind of uh, have kind of flopped elsewhere and then we're giving a second chance to, I guess. But some of those guys in particular, I mean, like we've seen at moments and specifically in the very beginning of the season, really great stuff from Julio. Uh, We've seen Rubio Rubin. We know what he's capable of. And I don't know if we just aren't getting him the ball in the right spots. Like there are times when he's not like he's going what seems like 10, 20 minutes without really any sort of meaningful touch at all. So I like I don't know if we're playing to our strengths well enough. I don't know what exactly the problem is, but it feels like we just aren't performing to the level I feel like we can be just based on what we've seen earlier this season. I know we have a I am a believer. I hashtag believe. Is that still a thing for RSL? Believe that we that we have more in us than what we are seeing. And yeah, that that's really how I feel. Yeah, um, when yeah. you said that on Twitter, I don't know if this was your tone, but the tone that I read it in was, remember the scene, you guys have probably seen Miracle, the yeah. 1980 hockey team movie. Anyway, yeah. I watched it with my soccer team, actually. Oh, there's, nice. there's a scene where the coach is like getting after his players and he's making them do just like laps basically at the end of the game um, because they weren't given enough effort. And there's a moment where he says, you think you can win on talent alone? Gentlemen, you don't have enough talent to win on talent alone. And like, just like, Uh, if you remember that scene, like the way he said it, that was the way I interpreted you saying it was like, we (laughs) we have too much talent on this team to be losing like this. And I do think we do have talent. Um, But I don't think we are that talented that we get to be that mad about drawing to Houston at home. Well, you can be, you can be mad about drawing to Houston at home. You can be mad about the performance in that game, but I think ultimately over the course of the season, you're right. We've seen earlier in the season when we were playing Minnesota and sporting and we won both of those games. Like, I think that was our team overperforming. I don't think that was our team performing to the level that the team is. And I think the game against Houston was our team underperforming a little bit. And I think throughout the season, you're just going to have those where sometimes you have games where you outperform how good you should be or how good your talent is for whatever reason. And there's going to be some games where you underperform. And I think we're probably going to see that a lot more this season. Again, just because of kind of the cloud that's over this team right now with the ownership and, and all the other stuff is the team knows that they're not a championship contending team. I think. Yeah. 
I think that the team knows that. And I think they're most, everybody's just trying to get through the season and do the best that they can, but also like they're, they're not going to win the cup. And I think that they're just (laughs) kind of playing to play. And that's with that kind of attitude and that kind of team mentality under that cloud that is over this team. I think you're going to have some games where you're going to overperform and you're going to look like world beaters. And then you're going to have some games where it kind of gets lackadaisical or things just don't mesh and you're going to underperform. And I think that's kind of just where this team is just generally. Yeah. I, and I think that's kind of where that where I have some questions around uh, tactics and coaching, I guess, yes. because that's I mean, ideally, you even when you don't have the most talent, ideally, you have a coach that can get the most out of out of your team. And I think there's been times where we've seen Real Salt Lake just where we know for like there's just where we get completely just outperformed on talent where there can be like an individual that does something just incredible and there's been we've we've been up against incredible individual performances from you know that are just pure like uh Zlatan Ibrahimovic game for example like him just bossing us and scoring just incredible goals or doing incredible stuff isn't going to be a, a, a product of the fact that LA just has like a better, you know, game plan or tactics or set up for a game. Like that's just, there's stuff like that, that, you know, this team will probably never have. We'll never, I don't know if we're going to ever have a guy that can just do Zlatan things, you know, and that's fine. And I think, and I, I, and I'm fine with that whole thing. I, we, I think as Real Salt Lake fans, so that's something that we've been used to and what would the, the, ethos of this team supposedly has always been or should have been i guess or whatever um but i just don't like the thing that i'm just like not sure on is if freddie's setting this team up in the best way for us to succeed or in like the way those subs completely kind of destroyed the momentum we had in that game like i'm just i and you know and that kind of goes back to like the Seattle game a little bit, like it kind of felt like we were too, like we were kind of going for the win in the Seattle game. Like that we played with our preferred starting lineup instead of, we subbed in like an attacking winger. Yeah. Late in the match when, yeah. Anderson Julio came in. Like, yeah. one, one. Exactly. When, when it really seemed like, like if we came out of that one, one, that's a huge, that's a great accomplishment going to Seattle and getting that. Yeah. And then kind of feels like we were putting what should be a win where you would really count on home three points, putting that at risk. And I don't know why, like I, I would rather have, you know, seen us really go for the win yesterday or whatever day that was Saturday. But what do you think, man? Oh, sorry, sorry to interject real what quick. What do you think, Trevor? <laughs> sorry oh. to interject. You say that, but that's kind of the attitude that we kind of got from Petkey a little bit, and we all hated it because well, we'd, we'd be in, in what way? By understanding you, you're saying you wanted him to go for it a lot, go for the win a lot more. Oh, I, I like I, I don't I don't want him to play two at the back or whatever Petkey was doing. Like yeah. when Petkey would throw, like I, I just mean like lining up from the outset, like that you're basically playing your preferred starting 11 in Seattle kind of says, okay, at some point, like I'm, I'm putting 
I'm putting priority on this game over the game yeah. at the weekend when potentially we have a better shot at winning. Like, okay. I think that's I an interesting strategy. And by interesting, it's, I mean, I disagree with, you know, lining up with the, yeah, like Rubio played most of that game and we know that he's like our most dangerous attacker. So it's like, yeah, that's all I'm saying. I, I don't want, pe- I don't want, I don't want the pecky like lose you know, four, 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 three, oh, whatever. Four where those, yeah. the, the five Oh home defeat at uh, LAFC's or whatever that was, is going to be burned in my brain forever. Cause Pecky just really didn't want to lose that game. So we had that instead. So yeah, I, I don't, I don't mean that. I just mean like just from one game to the next, it was just interesting when you have a three Wednesday to a Saturday, but anyway, right, so I have a litany of complaints, but Trevor, it looks like you want to say something. I just, yeah, my, point that i wanted to get was um again going back to like this team is it is what it is and i think everybody knows that for the and this season it's not really uh it's not a championship season we talked about it at the beginning of the season like with ochoa you've got to play ochoa at this point because he's reached that age and you need him making mistakes at this level and you need him learning at this level right now is a great time for it so that when you finally get this team where you want it to be, you've got Ochoa with four years of experience instead of only one or two. So he's learned from those mistakes during the years when the team wasn't that good. And I kind of feel like that might be the case with Freddie. Like I said, I don't think Freddie's job is really in danger at all this year. I don't don't get that vibe. I don't think the team is the whoever's in charge. I don't think anybody's interested in doing a coaching search while the club is up for sale. The the only thing I would put him in danger anytime soon it would be new ownership wanting to switch things yeah, up right? exactly. yeah so at this point i think it's it's not fine that freddie is making the mistakes but i don't mind freddie making those mistakes in substitutions or or in lineup selection from game to game as long as it's clear down the down the road that he's learning from those mistakes you know what i mean he he sees what happens when he does these things and it kills the momentum or, or whatever you know, or playing your starting 11 on the road against a team that you're almost for sure going to lose to rather than playing that starting 11 at home against a team that you need to beat. If yeah. playoffs is the goal, Houston is a team that we need to beat. Yeah. We don't need to beat Seattle. That'd be nice, and getting points against Seattle would be <laughs> sure. cherry on top. But you need to be beating Houston if you're trying yeah. to get into the playoffs. You can't be drawing with Houston. You yeah, can't they're, be drawing they're with be Dallas. Right in our spot, right? Yeah. Right on the edge. Because they're pretty much our level. They're, yeah. they're yeah. Yep. on our level. Yeah, and you look <laughs> at the, that's, the form that's who guys, we're, like we're, we're sitting in pretty, pretty similar spots. So my yeah. my litany of complaints. Um, I like David Ochoa well enough. Um, he has seen considerable hype. Um, I think in part because he trained with Manchester United once. Um, maybe more than once. I don't know how often he did it. But, yeah. you know. Yeah, like that was the thing that rocketed him to the top of people's attention, right? So we have to one keep, of them. We have to play David Ochoa. We saw him play really well in USL. We saw him make some crazy mistakes. We saw him anger people, which was a lot of fun. And like that endeared him to fans, and like naturally they want to see him play. So yeah. I, I get that, and I think like if you look at our other options, like do I do I think he's a better goalkeeper than Zach McMath? Uh, he's probably on a similar level right now. Um, when you when you take uh, 
Zach McMath's uh, veteran years is like the bonus. Um, I, I think they're pretty similar because David Ochoa is yeah. considerably better as a goalkeeper right now. Uh, Andrew Putna, yeah, he's probably better than Andrew Putna. Although I think Andrew Putna, for for what it's worth, is bit probably overperformed where I would have expected him to when he came to Real Monarchs. Um, I think he turned into a reasonably capable MLS goalkeeper. Yeah, which for our level probably about right. So like I I get playing David Ochoa, and I'm not going to complain about that specifically. Um, but he's going to lack a lot of things, like you were saying, Trevor. Uh, one of those is like organizing a defense. Yeah. Um, and that doesn't seem it doesn't seem to be something that he has the mental bandwidth right now to deal with, um, because he's dealing with the game coming at him. Uh, he doesn't have the time, the energy, the resources to know how to like actually organize the game. And you, you expect that, right? Um, yeah. And that you can take that as it is. Um, if that, if this was last year and we had Netamon Woha in the, in the back, like great. We've got somebody with a good veteran presence, somebody who will organize, um, but this year, like Justin Glad is that veteran RSL presence. He is like the mainstay. And for one reason or another, he's never really picked up the organizing. Like we look at great historic RSL backlines, really just the one. There's only one. Yeah. And that's Nat Borchers and Hamas and Olave. Like they had a good partnership and it worked because there was somebody organizing and somebody who. Um, well, he's now a reasonably successful USL coach. So, you know, good on, good on Olave. I actually like him a lot. And I think he's yeah. a very smart defender, um, whose physical skills kind of let him down in the last couple of years. That all that said, like the, the foil to Justin Glad right now is Marcelo Silva, like a, an incredibly error prone defender that just goes on walkabout. Sometimes we've got Eric Holt. Like a third year, like a USL level defender who will break a leg one of these days and probably stop seeing MLS action. And then we've got Tom <laughs> Datkovich coming in, uh, who the like the only thing we know about this guy is that he's got the nickname Sicario, right? Uh, he doesn't. I mean, maybe he'll be great. Um, the highlight reels don't really exist for him, which is too bad because they're fun. Um, so like that's that's what we're dealing with and and maybe he'll turn out to be great and he can organize but nobody's organizing right now um and then in front of them like maybe you can get by with an everton louise who will bark commands at people right yeah um, paulo ruiz is not that player nick beesler is definitely not that player um and i thought nick beesler had a reasonably good game Again, I think he's been Houston, right? pretty decent this season in general. But like, he's not an organizing player. No. Um, Demir Krylik is not an organizing player in a defensive sense. Like, he right. will organize the press in, in like, which I, I think is a function of the attack more than of the defense. Of course, there's a whole, you know, you have to figure out team shape and all that. But like, Krylik has proven to be an extremely valuable, like, at the 10 or higher. Yeah. Um, you put him in the midfield with someone who isn't organizing and everything kind of falls apart. And that's kind of what we saw. 
we keep seeing this where we we're going for a win. So we put Krylik back, we put someone in, you know, we bring on another winger, we move Rusnak central and it just crumbles. Right. And we keep yeah. trying this thing. Like it, it imbalances us considerably. The other thing that really stood out to me, I don't usually rant like this. This is fun. I love it. Let's keep it going. One thing that stood out to me was Anderson Julio came in ostensibly on the right wing. He immediately cut in centrally uh, and was playing, you know, in the channel or narrower, which I think was by design. I don't think that was an accident, but that left Aaron Herrera and then Andrew Brody kind of on an island. And when they're on that island, they've got a clear avenue. And you saw um, Houston come and attack down that that left side like immediately um like the first or second play after um michael chang left they went straight down that right you know our right side yeah and they had success uh they didn't score again which was great but but we opened a hole for them immediately um and i think it was because like we expect anderson julio to be a fast player who might score a goal but like houston's in a position where it's one one. They're not overly concerned about getting a win on the road, right? They're right. They're smart. Um, unlike what we did against Seattle, that that being what it is, like, so we, yeah. we keep making these decisions that just like the initial decision is good. I thought our lineup was well prepared. I thought even Eric Holt was pretty good. Um, Nick Beasler was pretty good. I still think we were lacking something in that midfield, and I don't think we have anything on the roster that like really gets at that. But, you know, from our good start, we, we erase it like by a series of small actions. And it's, it's uh, like, that's where I feel like we could be considerably better than we are. And I don't, I don't know if it's talent for me or not, but like we have shown considerable signs of being very good. And yeah, yeah we, we should have scored earlier and more often against, well, we, should have scored more against Houston, right? And sealed that game up while we were creating opportunities. There's going to be like a little bit of a luck element there, a little bit of a sharpness element there. So I, like I can, I can forgive that. The harder thing to forgive are like the intentional decisions that, that shape the game in a negative way. Uh, There's my rant. To, Piggyback off your the first point you're making about the defense not being organized and not really having an organizational yeah, like yeah. person organizing everything. Um, to go back to the Houston goal, um, that was one of the things that I kind of got into it with a couple people on Twitter, and they were making some good points. But I put that goal. I mean, it was a breakdown of several components of the defense. Um, and there's a lot of places that you can point blame, but I think most of that is on Ochoa. If you rewatch the play, basically what happens is a Rudy has the ball and he's coming down. They play a ball in behind and a Rudy makes a run into the middle and it's either Justin or Eric starts following him, which they should do. And then they stop following him, which they should do because he takes himself into an offside position and takes himself out of the play completely. And so then they move back up and then they've got their, their back line set but there's only like three Houston players there. So they can't really step out to mark anybody. A Rudy's out behind gone from the play. And then they Houston has the ball out on the wing. And then all of a sudden 
Arudi comes from an offside position, runs right in front of the center central defenders, and neither of them pick him up or follow him because they can't see him. He's coming from behind him. But he comes into some open space right in front of the center backs, gets the ball, makes a quick turn and shot. And nobody sees him and nobody steps to him. And I think that's because Ochoa, the only player who can see him, isn't saying anything, isn't yelling at him to pick him up. And I think that speaks to exactly what you're talking about with Ochoa. He needs to be able to see that and recognize that his defenders can't see this player that's just about to join the play again and is just about to be unmarked and be able to find the space that he needs to make the play. If Ochoa is calling him out, Justin or Eric or somebody's going to pick him up and follow him, and then all of a sudden he's got a man on him. He can't really take that shot. So that's, like you said, I, I don't think that there really is that commanding voice on the back line. I think it is a lot of players that are kind of in between veteran and, and not veteran, kind of trying to bridge that gap that Justin is on, but there's a lot of just young players that are just making mistakes. And I, I think that mistake of not following that runner that took himself out of the play is ultimately what costs us the goal. And those, are, like I said, those are the kind of mistakes you're going to get in those kind of games, but those are the things that we need to learn from. We, yeah, we need just to have somebody that, that is yelling at somebody <laughs> telling people where people are. Yeah, we do just keep making those mistakes. It's like the most painful thing. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and, it, I yeah. mean, we said it at the beginning of the year. We're going to have those mistakes. And, you know, yeah. it's and you said yourself, like, it's the repetition, right? Like, I mean, you're fine. Like, it, it, yeah, like, we're all understanding of, like, the situation we're in. And that's kind of where I'm, what I'm thinking is, like, and why I say we have the talent. And I think we've shown that we can be a team then that's better that's i mean how many leads have we given up at home now to end up drawing or losing a game like <laughs> like it's it's getting painful and and it seems like to matt's point it's from like repetitive mistakes that we just continuously keep making and i just that's what i'm that's what i'm really having a hard time understanding and that's the really painful part of this is that like, and why I think that we can be better is because we see these patterns of things that just keep happening and like someone, maybe that can't be solved through coaching and it needs to be a player stepping up on the field to be that organizational force. I don't know. I don't know how those things are really worked out in the moment, but like it's, this is it's it's tiresome to see that mistake over and over and again like i said this at the beginning of the year like we're to an extent we're playing with house money here like i don't think anyone the fact that we have a a roster as well built out as it is i think is speaks to a lot of strengths within the front office that we currently have and i'm very grateful for that and i'm glad that we have the team that we have but like at the same time i know that this team can be better and be getting better results than we have been. And for this to be the fourth or fifth home game that we have dropped points on for like reasons that are inexplicable to me is really frustrating when we have like these games in which we go up a goal and we look dominant through large stretches and we just can't seem to be decisive enough to really put a team away. Like that's, that's the, 
or if the best yeah, if you want anyway. to win 1-0 like you can win 1-0 you just have to be <laughs> like defensively staunch well and that's yeah to bring yeah. up another stat that's been making the rounds charles keeps pointing out um how many goals we give up in the second half yeah and i think th- i mean that speaks to it could be a number of things but it's either substitutions making a difference like what matt was saying just you know slowly but surely kind of weakening some component creating some kind of weakness that gets exploited or um it's fitness or it's just like mental fortitude like you just yeah check out in the 85th minute of the game for two seconds and you get taken advantage of which is what happened against san jose with Mm -hmm. chris wandelowski um yeah that's that's the thing that keeps happening with this team that's the frustration that you're seeing kyle is we do score goals and we don't allow that many goals but all of the goals that we score are pretty much in the first half and all the goals that we allow (laughs) are pretty much in the second half yeah and yeah that gets extremely frustrating yeah i mean i mean this conversation would be compounded even more had we had eric holt not scored from that throw in right like yeah if we ended that game again, tied one, (laughs) one, and then we just did this. Like, I mean, you obviously can't undo sequences of events and rewrite history in that way. But like, I mean that we weren't, yeah, (laughs) like I, I'm, I just, I just worry sometimes and I want somebody to be, I, and maybe that, that we benefited from having, you know, Kyle Beckerman being our captain in the defensive midfield position, being the fulcrum of both our defense and attack in a lot of ways. But like, yeah, and it's it's just maybe maybe good old Sakaria is going to come in and whip us into shape defensively. Yeah, and I would really appreciate that. And I think that I mean, we still don't know where Johnny Menendez is, I guess, <laughs> or where Tony Dakovich is. But oh. Speaking of the subs coming in to make a difference, big shout out to everyone who said uh, all those times that who do you bring off the bench to make a difference, insinuating that Michael Chang isn't somebody that could come off the bench and make a difference. And then he just had himself like a, a very good yeah, game. Like eight key passes so, or something. Wow. Yeah, you can't tell me that we don't have players that can come off the bench and make a difference if they're worth starting in a game that you really should be winning at home. Like, yeah. 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 No, like no more of this. We don't have guys on the bench that can make a difference if clearly Freddie believes that we do. So either and <laughs> and so do you need to hear it from Freddie directly to believe it or <laughs> or what? Because clearly Michael Chang is a is is like a decent enough player to quote make a difference. And he was our best player, um, like probably our best player last year. And yeah. last year was weird and like yeah, we don't want to repeat that. But like he was actually good. Yeah, he was he was really good. So, uh, man. Anyway, no more. I don't want to. I don't want to hear any more of that nonsense. But I don't think we will, especially with more depth coming in. But anyway, um, so was, yeah, there was one thing I noticed after the game, and I was talking to Trevor about this, who kindly stayed with stayed with me in the press box while I wrote multiple articles. Um, <laughs> multiple, multiple. It was two. Multiple. They were short. It was fine. Yeah, I don't want to make it seem like I was doing a lot of work. Um, right. We wouldn't want that, but you know, I've, I've been in the press box a lot, um, over the last decade of writing about Real Salt Lake, um, and a lot over the last five years. Um, and I have never in my recollection, uh, watched a player 
like leaves the stadium uh, but before the fans were out of the stands. Um, and I watched Everton Louise like packed up, ready to go, like leave the stadium while there were still fans around. And there weren't a lot, but it's it's unusual, right? Mm-hmm. Um, watching after the game, like Justin Miram was standing on an island, uh, like <laughs> looking depressed, which I get. <laughs> like I felt the same way. So like same. Yeah. Um, like I don't I don't know if he looked despondent. I'm not an expert in body language, but he clearly looked unhappy. He he looked frustrated. I'm just. I mean, like, there, there's the two teams in the middle of the field, like still shaking hands and like talking to each other, and they stayed on the field for a while. There's a lot yeah. of like mingling, and Miram was 30 yards away from the nearest anybody, just standing there, looking frustrated, and he stayed there for a solid five or ten minutes before he finally went into the locker room. And then here's the real kicker for me: is Bobby Wood after the game. Talking about how upset he is about the way we conceded that goal. Like a, a goal he was not on the field for. Like, I get being frustrated about that, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. We all are. Like, there are some weird cracks starting to show in that locker room. And they're they're kind of making their way public. I don't want Bobby Wood. Bobby Wood, the guy who... Here's... I struggle with this because Bobby Wood on one hand was supposed to be like our big marquee signing of the off season. He's the big name, the former national team player. He been playing in Europe, technically current national team player, but yeah, technically, (laughs) but he was supposed to be the guy that came over. And for the last like two years, like he, or three years, I think of him playing professional soccer, he hasn't scored more than like three or four goals in a season. Like he mm-hmm. hasn't scored that many goals. And it's not because he's like playing in the Bundesliga against Bayern Munich. He's playing in like second or third division in Germany and mm-hmm. not scoring that many goals. And I understand he's been injured a little bit. So, like, and not playing that many games. But yeah, you're cut right. Cut him some slack. But we signed him from a team that just finished their season. Like, he, mm-hmm. did, he didn't have like a huge offseason and then he joined us and now he needs to get match fit. He was playing games in lineups like a month or two ago in Germany. And then he came over here. He had a little bit of a break with his wife in the hospital. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. But he's not like months behind everybody. But he's a player that at least like multiple months of paternity leave and maternity leave and all that. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> yeah. That aside, he was, he's playing professional games like a couple months ago in Germany. And then he comes over here and I don't, because of that, I don't want to give him any real slack for being match fit. He gets a little bit, but not that much. And he's not, he, he hasn't played well for us. Granted, he's played like 60 minutes total for us. So a little bit of a caveat, but in those 60 minutes, he hasn't really done anything. Whatever. 47 total. (laughs) Yeah. He hasn't done anything yet. He hasn't shown himself to be anything for this team yet. And he's the guy that post game is talking shit. Like you don't get to be that guy. Two games. After the second game that you play, you don't get to be the guy that's calling out other teammates. You don't get to be the guy that's saying, I'm upset about the way that 
this event that I was he wasn't even involved in. He wasn't on the field. You don't get to be mad about that, at least not publicly. You get to be frustrated that your team went down a goal. That's fine, but you don't get to like call people out and say they should have done better or you know that's that's bad play or you know whatever it was he said. I I, Maybe didn't I need to like, reread the quote or re-listen to the. I didn't listen to. It, I just read it. I he's I don't know. I didn't, I didn't take it in that tone, but I now that like you it. say that. That does make sense, but like I, I don't know what the tone was, but yeah, yeah, I, I just didn't like that coming. I'm gonna say like you don't like that he's the guy that has to answer for it. <laughs> Which, no, like I, I get why he's the one being interviewed, and you can say like it's frustrating going down a goal, you know, or, or drawing or, or whatever it is. You can say that, but you can say it in a much better way that doesn't seem to throw your teammates under the bus for something that you didn't have anything to do with if he was on the, if he was if pablo ruiz said that and pablo ruiz did his job in trying to slow it down and get the defense back and then that happens that makes sense you did your job you did your part it's a little frustrating that somebody else mm-hmm. didn't you get to be mad about that but you're sitting on the bench you're not involved and you've barely been here all right let's, you've been training uh, with the team for like three weeks let's like, read this quote here Go ahead. Um, he yeah. was asked about making his home debut and actually answered. So Lucas tweeted the quote. Salt City FC added some context here. Uh, Bobby Wood asked about making his home debut. Uh, Zags at the question. Um, to be honest, I'm still kind of pissed off right now about how we conceded that goal. It's disappointing. There's no excuses. I think the team is very disappointed. And it's, you know, and, and like I get that that feeling. That is oh yeah, totally I read it as like, I think I, I read it more. He was just like, I'm speaking for the team that we're like pissed off that we like didn't leave here with a point. I didn't really feel like he was saying it like he was throwing his teammates under the bus. When he, when, when he says how we can see that the goal, I was thinking it more of like something like, oh, that something that happened rather than like the how being like the method in which the goal was conceded. Yeah. I, I read it as like the, oh, I'm pissed off about how that happened. I'm just, we're disappointed that like, that's a more charity for sure. I I I read it as I'm the charity giver. (laughs) I read it as I Bobby Wood and pissed off. (laughs) And then he also said how we conceded the goal. We being like the team, the team that he wasn't a part of at the time. He was on the bench. Yeah. But I mean, and I I get, you can read that charitably and that's, that's fine. But that was my initial reaction was him saying how we conceded that goal. Like he, it would have been way weirder if he said they. <laughs> it would have been worse yeah, for sure. Fair. But how those dudes out there conceded that goal that I clear like <laughs> he, could, he could have very easily just been like, "It's frustrating to concede a goal and have to come." You know what I mean? Or, or I mean, the man he, wears he can like, sugarcoat it a little bit more than that. Like, a little bit nicer about every it. day. I don't know if he has the best sense in how he expresses himself, but yeah, <laughs> no, and like I, said, I, I might be reading way too much into it. I'm willing to accept that, but yeah, for me, I, it's, I did it's, not like the the way that I read it. I guess for me, it's, it's just like <laughs> another little crack in the system that we're seeing. Yeah, and it's not a That's big fair. thing for yeah. me. Like in isolation, I think it's totally reasonable. And Let's be on the lookout right, for any more. Uh, but yeah, it's things things feel tense right now. Uh, the other one I meant to bring up was Marcelo Silva. It was against Seattle or the game before that. The game before that. Uh, he comes off the field in the 60th minute so that Eric Holt can come on and score that goal. <laughs> yeah. Still like a mind boggling decision if you're not going to end up playing 
Marcelo Silva in like all three games. Like why why are you resting him? Um, well, because Marcelo Silva has it was a just yellow. a yellow card. He had a yellow oh, early. Yeah, well, and we don't trust Marcelo but, to go eighty minutes with a yellow card. You're, but you're choosing between trusting Eric Holt to see out a game yeah, and then and it worked out. No, I, I agree. Work, like the, it, it's a it it's work. a bad spot to be in as a coach. It but, is. It's that that is not <laughs> that's not ideal. I guess as Marcelo, you can't get too mad that you get a yellow card in the twelfth minute, and then your coach is like, "All right, last yeah. twenty minutes." <laughs> we made it let's let somebody else have a go and and maybe like maybe he was upset at himself but he comes off the field and like hucks a water bottle at the ground and like is is like clearly very very unhappy and like i i get it but it's still like yeah it's like a it's like a visual thing that you're doing right in front of the fans yeah right? exactly like... i mean yeah no there's part of me that's like you get to be frustrated i mean as a player that's part of it. Like the competitive fire makes you like an emotional person. And I get that. I don't want to take that away from anybody, but yeah, there's kind of, and and again, we, we might be reading too much into it and part of me really hopes that we are, but (laughs) there's definitely a lot of things that like are easy to read the way that we're reading them. And it all kind of adds up to potential problems. So Marcelo has had three red cards for RSL, but they've all been straight reds. Looks like he's actually never had a, a double yellow situation for us. Nice. Which is fascinating. Good for That him. is fascinating. It's because he's, he's a veteran. Yeah. He knows when he's had his limit. Yeah. And <laughs> wild card certainly, but oh man. So this team is is I it hopefully things go really well when we add in two more players. Um but this locker room is probably not set up to add two like expressive <laughs> people, um, let alone one. And I don't want to harp on the captain stuff too much. So I'm going to stop there. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about that, but like, and largely it can be ceremonial, but at the same time, like maybe it's not though. Yeah. Yeah. Only we could like talk to players and ask players direct <laughs> questions. Then, it, yeah. then we wouldn't have to speculate so much about. I'm trying all the, this. We'll leave that up to special correspondent Lucas Muller. Yeah. I just don't want him to get. Uh, uh, I, I, don't, I, I mean this. I, I'm I'm pulling this name out of a hat. Like this has no real. This name that I'm going to use for what has happened. I'm really excited. Has no real connection to any actual persons or places. I don't want him to get Freddied again. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you. Were, I thought you were going to say you didn't want him to get Gordon Monson. Oh um, well, that's that would be the result, right? <laughs> like that's that's the that's the fullest extent. And luckily, I don't think. I don't think knowing that Deloy Hansen is no longer really he the only this ghost. I don't think he would do something like that or that that would happen. No way. But I do not. (laughs) I don't want. I know Lucas has developed somewhat of a a rapport with uh, the fine gentleman at Real Salt Lake. So, but anyway, um, should we preview the next game? (laughs) Should we preview the next game really quick? Yeah. Um, Okay. So we play Los Angeles. FC, um, cool. Corey Bear is scoring like two goals on us, right? Oh, probably. Um, so if I, um, don't don't look up the standings, 
So, I, so oh, clear, well, clear okay. your mind. I pretty did. So this question is for Kyle. Yeah, it is. Um, do you think RSL or LAFC is higher in the standings? Uh, RSL is higher in the standings right now, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. They're having a weird season. <laughs> I don't really yeah. understand. Is, is Vela not been playing? Or is he? Or has Let's he been playing? I think up. he has. I think the problem is if you look at their schedule, they've pretty much played only playoff teams. They've had kind of a tough go of it up to this point. They haven't played well, also, anybody. But like being really a playoff bad. team at this point in the season might not mean too much because no, I mean well, like they the weakest yeah. team they've played is like Houston. They played Sporting last week. Uh, they played Dallas. They played Houston. They played New York City. Yeah. Um, they played Colorado. <laughs> they played Seattle, the Galaxy, Houston again, Seattle again, and Austin FC. As far as like strength, is Austin, of schedule, wait, are Austin good? No. As, no, not, not really. Definitely not. Uh, they beat they beat Austin. They beat Colorado, and they beat Dallas. That's their only three wins. Yeah, now, they've got uh, several losses to other teams and only a couple draws. It does look like Vela's been coming back from injury, right? Um, or whatever his layoff was for whatever reason. He did take seven shots against Dallas, and if he takes wow. seven shots against us, like we're screwed. <laughs> Yeah, I don't I don't like the sound of that. Their expected goals so far this year is 16.6 and they have scored 12. Oh. Someone's on. Corey Baird is still the team's top scorer. <laughs> he is also the team's second best uh second most assists. Wow, good for him. Regular Demir Krylik, that guy. He is. Yeah. yeah. So, I I think just, I mean, like I said, like looking at like strength of schedule, I know that's not really a thing this early in the season, but they've had a much tougher schedule than we have. And they have basically the same points per game. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> so they're, they're lower than us in the standings, but I wouldn't do you guys put think, too much weight uh, in that. Do you guys think Bobby's going to start this game? No. No, he's I not. Wonder... He's not match fit, Kyle. How could he start? Right. He's still he's still getting 90 minutes fit, just like Rubio or Anderson, Justin. Guys that yeah. have definitely 90 minutes fit. I'm really surprised we haven't heard anything more on like Johnny Menendez yet. I think I think with Tony, they said like there was some embassy stuff going on. Yeah, that's my understanding with, with Johnny Menendez too. Is especially as like things are starting to open back up. Like appointments are flooding in for for visas and and work visas right. and all that, and it's just creating like substantial slowdowns in the system. And there's still a number of uh, number of things still closed, right? So, yeah, kind of. I think I think in this case we're a victim of circumstance, and uh, I don't feel yeah. too bad about it. <laughs> no, it's, it's annoying. Like it's annoying. I would like to see the federal government work more smoothly, but you know. Yeah, I mean, I'd also like a yeah. pony. That's not true. That's Please right. don't get me a pony for my birthday, guys. Yeah, that sounds Wink. like a horrendous gift. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, have you seen my backyard? I could. Uh, how big is a pony again? Uh, I think they're bigger varies. than your backyard. Oh. <laughs> Wait, didn't. Never when Rob Deerdeck had a tiny horse or whatever. What was that? Oh, his like kind of mini, mini horse? Mini, mini horse. Yeah. What was. What kind of. What was that about? Oh, I was at the beach on Sunday and somebody had a, a domesticated pig. <laughs> Actually, okay, on the beach. 
Pigs are so yeah. like they're very cute. They're also a little terrifying. They are cute. And I was also thinking, then this is kind of sad to think about, but like um uh there are uh a lot of people that roast pigs uh, like doing during barbecues like and that that can be kind of like a beach type thing i was oh, ever yeah. wondering if there's if this pig's ever been in the presence of another pig but being like yeah do you think it would recognize I, the pig like what's it also pig? i mean it doesn't even need to necessarily <laughs> be a roasted pig on like a fire like i mean anytime someone's like dude i just should like do the owners eat ham like i honestly have no idea i didn't even ask yeah which is hmm. kind of an interesting question i don't like hmm speaking of pigs but there's a it was cute there's a scene in black 47 this is not cute by the way there's a scene in black cool. 47 where there's a guy that has a pig and he gets killed and what he does is he takes the pig's head and then takes the other guy's head and puts the pig head on top, like where the guy's head would be, and then puts his hat back on and like puts him back oh. in his house. Oh, okay. So they like walk in and discover the guy, and it's just a body with the pig this head with the hat. Explicit now. Thank you for painting that it's picture. A for great us. scene in the movie. All right, should we end Sound, here? Sounds <laughs> that's a great awesome. place to end on that uplifting note yeah yeah it's a good well, movie you guys should watch it i'm gonna recommend I'm, it again i shall be doing that um but yeah okay cool yeah all right well good episode guys well done will, will we see you at the stadium on <laughs> saturday folks yep cool i will be there i will with... be there as well nice i think i will be wait is this the one that you're not gonna be at matt i can't remember no, it's uh let's see which Wow, we've got a lot of games until then. Um, let's see. It might be the 25th against Colorado. Oh, that would be oh, sad. Okay. Yeah, I think it's. I think I'm just gonna be sad. Okay. All right, well, speaking of, hang on, future games. We play. Is that the one I'm gonna live tweet for us? Oh yes, you should. That'd be really um, funny. You should also uh, talk to Colin and see if he wants to come into my stead. That sounds good. Will, I can uh, do that. Need to edit it, but you know. I can well, do that. actually, That's fine. no. Wait, hold on. I can do it. Don't worry Let about me it. Look at the calendar here. You could while you're looking, while you're looking at the calendar. Credentials. Matt, do you yeah. know if um, this should be an off the pod question? But I'm just going to nah. ask it you, for the game against Vancouver, which is on the seventh, which is on a Wednesday night. Are we ever truly Vancouver, off the pod? That's the Vancouver home game. It's <laughs> a great what, question. What were you asking, Trevor? Vancouver, where Vancouver is the home team against RSL on oh, the seventh. Yeah, yeah. Which is, are we going to be able to be credentialed for that? I think so. Yeah, probably. Do we have to go through Vancouver's team to do that? No, <laughs> I'll, I'll figure it out and get back to you guys. All right. Um, I, it, it does yeah. sound like they are opening up um, the whole stadium and. Have put people. I back. thought it was already fully open, but yeah. Oh, so no, it's so just... for the Vancouver game. They'll have it uh, oh. like all open instead. Of, they're originally planning like half open. Turns out, like it's basically an RSL home game. Um, no, it's yeah. So. They gave season ticket holders got a ticket to the game against Wait, Vancouver. Really? Yeah. I got. You actually did that. I got an email today saying that my Vancouver ticket oh, is now in my account, that's... which is funny because I shouldn't have any tickets in my no, account don't, this don't year talk because about that, Trevor. Technically, I'm not a season ticket holder this year. Trevor. Wow. You're gonna uh, whatever. Lose the it's already like the cats, the cats already out of the bag. 
Uh, uh, last last two weeks ago, whatever it was that I brought uh, my kid to the game. Yeah. I told them to give me two tickets and they printed two tickets. Huh. I looked in the account and one of them that they gave me was like my old seat. Huh. And then one was the one that I bought seven seats down from my old seat. Yeah. <laughs> so the t- they gave me a ticket that I didn't pay for. Oh, well, congrats. but I did pay for two tickets and two people got in. So it's, I think oh, that thank counts. you for being honest. Yeah. <laughs> you I have the one person of coming to the stadium. So yeah. I feel pretty good about that. I'm, I'm Not all about depriving. Yeah. All about deprivation. You know, I depravity. I may anyway, be the, able to record an episode that night with you guys. Oh, That'd nice. Be That'd be fun. Let's do it. I'll be in the great state of Los Angeles. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Taking your turn. <laughs> yeah. When when do you go, Trevor? No, I already went. I oh. went and then Kyle went and now you're gonna go. Yeah. Oh, okay. And, like all about spaced out about pretty much the exact amount of time yeah, among it the three. Fun each. to go with you guys, but you know. Yeah, if you want to, but to, we're doing we're doing Austin though, so oh, we're, it's, we're gonna we have to do Austin. Um, Monday the twenty sixth and Tuesday the twenty seventh. I will be at a. Uh, I don't want to be too like revealing about this. I will be at a uh, Southern California area theme park owned by a giant like conglomerate <laughs> media conglomerate. Yeah, I just realized I actually will be down there at the same oh, really? time. Beautiful. I'll be in. The state of San Diego, but okay. I will be down there. I'll wave to you from the beach. Wait. Oh, no, I can't. If we're on the same beach, like, we're basically. I think I might be in Deloitte's area. Oh, nice. I'll be, look, I'll be looking out for him, well, I probably. I haven't bought, in, like, a hotel yet, so maybe I'll uh, maybe you'll hit just up give Deloitte a ring. Loy Loy and... Yeah, yeah, that's a... I, I need to verify that that's the... It's the last week of July I'll be down there, oh, so yeah. I think that's that. Yeah, me too. Okay, cool. Maybe I will All right. see you. I'm actually always down there the last week of July. That's like a thing I do with my uh, family oh, every that's year. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, tell your mom hi. I guess we could tell her hi. You could. Hi. Hey, Suzette. Hi. Hello. Hi, Suzette. We look forward to dinner one of these days. <laughs> yeah. It. Yes, yeah, so she's actually going down to the great state of San Diego uh, tomorrow. Oh, wow. and Through through the for the. For the festive weekend of um, American patriotism, so she will be doing that, oh, I believe. I was going to reorganize my pantry for that. That sounds festive and patriotic. Yeah. Got to fit my excess of food. When you think about it, the American Revolution was just like a big pantry reorganization. So I think <laughs> that's why they called the cabinet. Actually, did you know? I did know that. Actually, that's funny that you brought that up. I learned that on. Uh, the West Wing. Oh boy, the West Wing <laughs> from Jeff Newsroom. <laughs> right, that's the guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jeff on, Newsroom. On that note, uh, good night, guys. Good night. Okay, good night. <laughs> <laughs>